This Sunday, we had Pastor Jonathan Douglas, better known as JD, preaching at City of Life. In addition to being one of Hillsong United's founding members, he is an eminent worship leader and creative pastor at Hillsong Church. He brought a timely word about the intersection of worship and faith. His thoughts on praise take into account how difficult our circumstances might be, but he challenged us to have faith based on the true recognition of the God at work in our lives. Enjoy this message from the City of Life Church podcast. Amen. Happy Mother's Day uh, once again for all you moms here. Uh, we, we value just our ladies in general, but, but mother is so special. I mean, when you think about it, the idea that God's plan for humanity, salvation through the incarnate God comes through an angel visiting this young lady named Mary and says, I'm going to give you a child and his name is going to be Emmanuel. His name is going to be Jesus, the, the way that God used a mom. And, and that's really what Mary was. And she figured it out like a lot of you guys have figured it out. And also specifically at City of Life, to all the single moms uh, that are here today, we love you and appreciate you and we value you too. And it's amazing that you guys fight the way you do and you bring your kids to church and you honor the Lord. So we just, we just can't say uh, enough about you today. Today is a really special day. Also, in addition to being Mother's Day, we have a special guest here that is a really good friend of ours, uh, my wife and mine, and um, I'm just really pumped up about this. And you may try to you know, say, well, why on Mother's Day did you bring this special guest? Well, here's the bottom line. Uh, one of my favorite worship bands in history is Hillsong United. And uh, Hillsong United has done so many incredible things around the world. And over the years, being a part of the Hillsong family, getting an opportunity to connect uh, with the teams and uh, Pastor Brian and Bobby and our church is, I think, one of seven Hillsong family churches in the United States. Uh, just getting to meet that whole team. One of the people that stood out from day one and went out of their way to be kind uh, to be in it, introduced himself to me and just kind of pull me in a little bit uh, is the guy that's here today. Uh, and they, they had just finished up uh, a really amazing tour here in the United States. He's about to go back home tonight to see his family in Sydney. He's going to jump on a plane right after church. But I said, before you leave and go back home, would you mind preaching at City of Life Church? So today, he's one of the founding members of United, and he's a phenomenal preacher. Could you do me a favor and give a huge City of Life welcome to our guest today, J.D.? Come on. Uh, thank you so much. Who's excited to be in the house of God today? I know I am. You guys can be seated. I love, I'm a church kid, so I am so pumped to be in church. And our whole journey with United is just like a bunch of guys who grew up in church and had amazing leaders and pastors like you guys have here in Jeffrey and Amy that just encouraged us to just trust God and use whatever it is that He's put in our hands to fulfill those dreams in our heart. And that's the journey that I'm on. And I'm so honored to be here. And, um, I did say to Jeff, Pastor Jeffrey, I was like, hey, you know it's Mother's Day, right? And uh, you, you sure you find me preaching? He's like, you got long hair, you'll be fine. Um, he didn't say that, I'm kidding. But it's, it is an absolute honor. I love the house of God. It's, it's the reason I'm doing what I'm doing today is being able to be in, not a perfect, but a, but a healthy community 
of believers that are on this journey together, figuring it out, encouraging each other every step along the way. And I am so passionate about the Word of God. It has transformed and changed my life in the most powerful way. And so I'm so grateful for that. And I am also grateful for mothers. It's Mother's Day. And um, let's be honest, no one would be here without mothers. They bring us into the world. So we uh, want to extend a very happy Mother's Day to mothers and really celebrating all the women here today. Um, mothers are great. They, brought us in, they bring us into the world. They care for us, love us, teach us things, help us find things in the cupboard when you don't know where it is. And um, they also are great at embarrassing us. Did anyone have a mum that embarrassed them? My mum, I love my mum. She's amazing. And... Um, you know, the first time, you know, I grew up in our church. We were the kind of family that, you know, you could, if you wanted to go to church or you didn't want to go to church, it didn't matter because you were going to church. And uh, I, I truly am so grateful for that. It is, uh, um, and that, that was the kind of family I grew up in. And my mum, the first time I ever sung in big church, you know, I started singing in our youth group, you know, on a Friday night with, with the teenagers. Then I got an opportunity. I got asked to sing in big church. And that was a big deal because it was big church. And uh, my mum came to rehearsal, right? And she sat on the front row of rehearsal. We're, talk, we're not even talking about the service rehearsal. And she, um, she would, you know, blow me kisses, wave and give me a wink. And I remember, um, I remember talking to my mom a few years back going mom that used to really embarrass me and she's like oh really and you know now that was almost 18 years on this year she started coming back to rehearsals <laughs> now I'm kind of leading work not just the you know the young punk on the end so I'm like leading the team and and uh, she'll come and she'll sit on the front row and she'll go <laughs> during rehearsals and I'm like oh and all the everyone in the choir thinks it's so cute and I'm like mom you're still embarrassing me but uh I'm grateful for mothers and um, we're going to get around the Word of God and I just really believe that it is going to transform our lives together. I feel like God wants to say something to us and all we need to do is open up our ears and open up our hearts. And I know I can't say much that's going to change anything, but I know one moment, one encounter, a millisecond of the presence of God and His Holy Spirit that is here today through His Word that it can change everything for you. And my prayer is that you're going to leave this place a little bit more encouraged than the way you walked in with a little bit more clearer sight on what it is that God is wanting to do with you and your life. So let's pray together. Hey God, we just thank You for Your Word. We thank You for Your house. We thank you for an opportunity to be gathered today. We thank you for every mother. I pray that you would revive, Lord God. You would um, bless, that you would pour out your spirit afresh on every single person that is here today. I pray that you'd be glorified in your amazing name. Everyone said, amen. Amen. So I told you how my mum used to like embarrass me by coming to rehearsal and has picked up that title again this year. Um, it is quite embarrassing, but you want to hear the most embarrassing moment of my entire life. It'll bless you, I, I expect. At least, at the very least, you'll get a giggle. Um, so, you know, I've, like I said, I've, it is an amazing honor to be able to travel with our United team. And we've got to go to some of the most amazing places. And uh, quite a number of years ago, we were in New Zealand, which is a, you know, a little state of below Australia. Well, it's its own country, but we just like to claim them, you know, with a big, bigger brother. But we were in New Zealand, and we were in this, um, it was like an airplane hangar. It was just like this big tin shed, and there was 5,000 people that were jammed in it. And when I got on the stage, I saw they had these skateboard ramps all over the stage as kind of props. And I was like, oh, they put them there just for me. 
even though they hadn't. It's because I don't know why I tend to get a little bit excited when it comes to praising God. I can't really stand still when I'm going to praise God. I tend to dance, get a little bit crazy. Maybe, maybe it's because I've experienced God's freedom in my life or His goodness or His love, His grace. Can anybody else testify to that this morning? So I don't know, something comes over me when it comes to lifting up the name of Jesus and especially if the tempo of the song's a little bit faster, that seems to help as well. And um, so as soon as I saw one of these skateboard ramps, first song, I ran at it as fast as I could. I ran up, I jumped as high as I could. Arms went as far apart, legs as far apart, landed. I landed, which was a miracle. And uh, just kept going and everything was great until I kind of stood there after that first song and all of a sudden there was a breeze in between my legs that wasn't there when I got on stage and literally I looked down and I had ripped my jeans from my knee all the way to my crutch, right? My thigh was out and it wasn't meant to be out, all right? And so I, I, I stood there and I was like, oh, this, this is only the first song. We had like an hour and a half to go. And, you know, I'd been to Bible college, but the only thing I forgot to take notes on was what to do when you rip your jeans on stage because, you know, you're the, you know, the golden rule is you're not supposed to just leave in the middle. Imagine the worship leader this morning, just halfway through the set, just goes, peace out, I'm just going to have a break. Like, we don't do that. That's not what you're supposed to do. And so I'm going, but I was just so embarrassed. It was the most embarrassing moment of my life. And so I kind of looked down and I looked at everyone and I just dropped my head and I walked off stage. I, I just couldn't, couldn't keep going. I was too embarrassed. And a guy called Webby, who has been with us, he travels with us from day one and just helps organize all the information so we get where we're supposed to be. I, um... Uh, I get off stage, he's like, what are you doing? You're not allowed to get off stage. And I'm like, I know, but I've ripped my jeans and I'm so embarrassed. He's like, wait. And kind of like MacGyver from nowhere, he gets a roll of gaff tape. Do you guys know what gaff tape is? It's like that really thick, black, sticky, extra sticky tape that covers a multitude of sins. It's amazing. And, um, and so he starts to operate on my jeans, just doing little stripes and long ones and stripes, pats it all down. He's like, mate, you're fine. And I was like, oh, I was just so embarrassed. I've already walked off and people might see the tape. He's like, it's black. It'll be fine. Just get up there. I'm like, okay. So you'll be proud to know I got back on stage and I kept praising God and it was really embarrassing, but I just soldiered on. And I stood there. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I appreciate the love, God. I'm bearing my soul to you guys and a story about my thigh. The least you could do is clap. No, I'm kidding. Um, anyway, so I'm standing there pretending to worship like this where really I was just having this battle in my mind of being insecure and being really embarrassed. And, you know, you know, your mind can play tricks on you sometimes. So I'm standing there and in my mind, I start to like reimagine that it's, I'm replaying it, that, oh, my jeans, they'd ripped and I can feel the breeze again. I'm like, no, JD, just press on. It's not there. And then my mind just went even more crazy and started to imagine that people were laughing in front of me and I could hear their laughter. And I'm going, stop, you know trying to you know control my mind and all of a sudden the laughter just got too loud and I opened my eyes and literally there was about 30 or 40 people that were standing right in front of me were laughing because my mind wasn't playing tricks on me the gaff tape had come unstuck and my thigh was back there where it shouldn't have been which was in plain sight for all to see and so I looked down and um, this laughter is building and Joel Houston who's one of the other worship leaders in our team he's just about to sing like you know the you know there was just the keyboard was playing the Prince of God was coming in. He was just about to start singing a song and he, he got distracted by the laughter. He looked down at me, looked at my pants and he laughed out loud, but his mouth was near the microphone. So it went through the speakers. All of a sudden, the laughter just got bigger and bigger and you've got 5,000 people laughing at me and my ripped jeans. And I like, I kind of, I looked at Joel. I looked at everybody. I dropped my head and I walked off stage again. I just was, and I was, this time I was done. I was not coming back and 
I get to the side of stage, I'm, I get off, and Webby, our tour manager, was like, mate, what are you doing? You've got to get back on there. I'm like, no, nah, it didn't work. Don't even get that gaff tape out again. I am done. I tried, you know, give me a point for trying, you know. And he's like, wait, i got an idea. And no word of a lie, he goes into the crowd, finds a random guy and says, hey, can we borrow your pants? And so this guy comes back and Webby, like, he like, disappeared. He did it within like five seconds, I swear. This guy comes back and he's like, hey, this guy's going to give you pants. I'm like, hey, I'm JD. He's like, hey, I'm a complete stranger. I'm like, I know. And, um, and he gives me his pants and I put on his pants <laughs> and I, you know, got back out there. I'd gone from wearing like these really tight skinny black jeans, which is the moral of the story. They were a bit too tight. And... Um, to wearing like the biggest, brightest blue baggiest jeans you've ever seen. But hey, I did that build up nice and tight. I got back out there and you'll be proud of me. I finished the worship service, kept praising God. I made a decision, nothing that day was going to stop me from praising God. And just as a side note, I didn't think about this till later, which I think is the funniest thing of the whole thing, is that whole like hour and a half, two hours we were worshiping, there was a complete stranger in his undies in our dressing room, just chilling. I don't even know what he was doing. But anyway... And, um, you know, the truth is we have days in life and situations that we aren't expecting or even wanting. You know, life can somewhat rip our pants, if you know what I mean. But just because things happen that we didn't want, expect, or know, it doesn't mean that we shouldn't stop praising God. You know, praise is powerful. And I have a simple word this morning, but I really believe it can encourage you. Because the truth is... Psalm 100, one of my favorite scriptures, one of the earliest times I can ever remember putting my eyes on the page of a Bible. I read Psalm 100 and it talks about that we enter God's presence with thanksgiving in our hearts. We enter His courts with praise. What that means, what that is talking about is we actually enter into God's presence. And in His presence, there is fullness of joy. In His presence is where we find freedom. In His presence is where we find that peace the Bible explains goes beyond our understanding. In His presence, we find everything that we need. We can find Him here. And the way to access that the way to step into that, the way to enter that is through praise. It's through thanksgiving. And I'm talking so much more than just a song, so much more than even just a service. I'm talking about the way that we can live our lives every morning in gratitude, being grateful for who God is and being able to express that with our mouth and even the way that we live our lives. And I simply want to equip us today to be the kind of people that are going to go, hey, we're going to praise God. We're going to know that the power of our praise is going to enter us into His presence. And I want to read, there's this, uh, a passage of Scripture you may have heard about a couple of guys in the Bible called Paul and Silas. And I think it's one of the greatest examples of, of the power of praise. It's found in Acts chapter 16, verse 22. It says, The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they'd been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commended to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in stocks. And listen to this, verse 25, at about midnight, after everything that's happened, says, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. The other prisoners listened to them, and suddenly there was a violent earthquake, and the foundations of the prison were shaken, and at once everybody's chains became loose. This is a phenomenal story. If anything, write down Acts chapter 16, 22, next time you're having a bad day. Read their story, and I promise you it'll put a little bit of perspective. Unless, of course, you, like Paul and Silas, were just chilling, just going for a walk, and a mob come and beat you up. Way worse than beating you up, they strip you naked. I'm like, stop there. You can beat me up. Just keep my clothes on, please. Not only that, they get ordered 
to go to jail and it, the Bible's talking about they get put in the inner cell and their feet and their hands are actually chained with stocks. We're talking about they're in solitary confinement here. They're in the middle. They're in the worst situation possible. Yet at midnight, what do they decide to do? They, I, you know, midnight, I'm usually asleep. I'm hopefully asleep. But they decide to, after everything that's happened, then praise God. And what happens as a result, there's a suddenly moment. That suddenly moment is their chains become loose. They experience freedom. And almost more powerfully, not only did they experience freedom, but everyone around them, it says everyone's chains became loose. And I think that's the power of praise. Not only are we able to experience our freedom, but I believe if we live these kind of grateful lives, however it looks for you, that that can actually drip onto other people. And they can start to, people around you can start to experience freedom that God has for them just by watching your heart of praise and your gratitude of life to who God is. And so I simply, with the few minutes that we have left, want to give us a few different reasons, a few different um, ways that we can actually apply to be set up to leave this place and live the kind of lives that I believe of relentless praise that God has for each and every one of us. And the first one is this, if we're going to live lives of praise, I believe we've got to fix our eyes on the unseen. Fix our eyes on the unseen. You know, um, I think about Paul and Silas in this moment when they are in prison after everything that's happened, there there was no visible way that they could get out of there. But in that moment, I'm glad and I'm sure they're glad that they made a decision not just to focus on what was in front of them because in front of them were chains. In front of them was a door that was locked and they knew they were in the middle and they were up against it. But they were able to not just fix their eyes on what they could see in front of us. They had something um, more powerful and that was their faith in a God who they sang to and prayed to for their freedom, not just the jailer with the key in his hand. Benjamin Franklin, one of your very, very famous presidents, I love his quote, he says, To see by faith, the way to see by faith is to shut the eye of reason. 2 Corinthians 5, 7, this is like, you know, stuff that you learn after three seconds of following Jesus. The truth is we live by faith, not just by sight. And I wanted to remind and encourage, you know, whether you've heard that or not, to understand that, hey, we actually, we live by faith, not by sight. I am so grateful for my sight. And I I think I think we all are. But we've actually got to understand that we don't just live by what we can see. We actually, we're a faith people. We live by faith. You know, in life, there are the facts. You might have gone to the doctor and he's given you a negative bill of health. Or maybe next time you open your bank account, it's a negative bank account. Or maybe, you know, you had a dream in your heart or you had an opportunity that you thought was almost in reach and it's disappeared. And those are the facts. Those are the things that you can see in front of you right now. But I'm here to remind and encourage you that the truth The truth of God's word trumps those facts. And the God that we serve, the God that is with us, He is our healer. God is our healer. God is our provider. And I truly know that whatever door God is going to open, there isn't a man on earth that can shut that. And we need to stir up again. You know, we don't just live by what we can see. We live by faith not by sight. And we've got to stir that up and again, remind ourselves, that's how we're going to be able to praise God, whether we can see it or not, because we understand we live by faith, not by sight. I want to stir your faith a little bit more by reading 2 Corinthians 4.8. It says, we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, no, but on what is unseen. For what is seen, it's temporary. But what is unseen, it's eternal. Hebrews Hebrews, um, 11.1 Faith, it's being sure, it's being sure of what we hope for. And listen, certain of what we do not, come on, talk back to me, certain of we do not see. We are a people of faith. We live by faith, not by sight. doesn't mean we don't deny 
or ignore what we can see. But no, 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 we put it in line, which is under the Word of God, under the truth. And I want you to stir up your faith. That's how we're going to live. We're going to enter into God's presence. We're going to live these lives of relentless praise, regardless of what you can see. It's going, you know what? This is what's going on. But I believe in a God who supplies all of my needs. Amen? I love it. You know, the second way I believe we can be the kind of people that live lives of relentless praise is by concentrating on what we have. Again, think about Paul and Silas in this situation, and they didn't have much. They had their uh, faith. They had their voice. That was it. But hey, turns out that was more than enough. You know, I, I don't know what it is about life. We can go through our whole life or a long period of our life, you know, always wanting what we don't have. You know, it's like that whole grass is greener principle. The grass is greener on the other side. One day, someday, when I get this, then I'll be fine. But no, the grass is not greener on the other side. The grass is greener where you water it. You know, I remember thinking I will arrive in life, experience freedom and just the pinnacle of life when I get my driver's license. You know, that's freedom. Anyone remember feeling like that? You're going, yeah, when I can drive, like, catch you later, mom, I'm out of here. Um, and the problem is, I got my license, but I needed a car. Yeah, you got it. But, um, you know, I saved my money, worked hard. I bought my first car, and it was like a bomb. I don't know how. Like, my friends called it a Coke can on wheels. Like, I needed faith to start that thing. And, um, but I didn't care. I was like, I, I couldn't have been happy I had my car. Except after a few weeks of driving my car, I was like, ah, oh, didn't have a CD player. Does anyone know what a CD is anymore? Okay, just test it. It's funny, but it's true. Uh, um, you know, I just thought, this is awesome. Like, I've got my license and car, but I want to listen to music. And, you know, I'm here to testify the Lord is faithful. I worked hard, saved my money. I was able to put a CD player in my car. And that was like, finally, it got there, you know. Except for, you know, I got my car with the CD player. Um, didn't have air conditioning. I'm like, it's cool. I like listening to music, but I don't like sweating. So uh, I'm like, imagine the two coming together, not sweating, listening to music. That'd just be amazing. So I like, that's when I'll actually just be chill and happy. And that's when I know I'll be needing of nothing else. If my car had air conditioning and a CD player, you guessed it. I upgraded my car and got a car with a CD player that had air conditioning. And it was like, finally, I experienced like, I'm done. I've ma Except for, there's only one other thing. Um... I really, like, it didn't have central locking, you know, like, I had to, like, lean over and pop the locks, like, who has time to do that, you know, we're all busy these days, so I dreamed of a day where, like, you know, you might have seen one of those little devices, and it's got a button on it, and you push it, and it goes, beep, and then, whew, all four locks at one time, central locking, God invention, you know, um, and I was like, that's when I would just be, feel like I've made it. And again, you guessed it, just by hard work and God's provision, I finally got a car with central locking and air conditioning, even had power windows. That was like, you know, um, lost my biceps from just, you know, winding it up. But anyway, that doesn't matter. Um, you know, but the truth was I finally got, that, got the car that had all the things that I thought I needed into it. But I'd realized I was missing the main ingredient, the ingredient that would actually bring satisfaction to my soul. And maybe there's some other men in here that will agree with this. But like I knew the thing that would actually do it for me was leather seats. Like that's what I was like. That's what, you know, it's kind of funny. It's also unfortunately true. Um, that, but I think what it does is it, it's, a, it's a great example of how we can be in life. You know, we want all this kind of stuff. And I, um, 
I think any parent here, I've got three amazing children back in Sydney, Australia, and I'm, they, I'm trying to teach them the difference between wanting something and actually needing it. And there's nothing wrong with wanting stuff. If you want to have a car with leather seats that flies upside down and goes backwards and whatever, you want a spaceship, you want a house, a boat, there's nothing wrong with wanting these things as long as it comes from a place understanding that we don't need it. I want to read a scripture that, that should encourage you in 1 Corinthians 4.8. It says, what's the point of all this comparing and competing? You already have all you need. You already have more access to God than you can handle. Repeat after me. Say, I have all that I need. Say, I have more than I need. And that's the truth. We have more access to God than we can handle. And we know we access that by living these lives of praise. And um, we've just got to be careful that we don't go through life, you know, going, you know, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give more time to the house of God, or I'm going to give more, you know, when I get this, when I get the promotion, when I get this, um, you know, salary, when this works out, when I work out my relationship, when I finish college, when we get married, when we've got kids, then no, 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 no. You'll spend your whole life on the wrong cycle of missing out what God has for you if you wait for one day, someday. Listen to this. 1 Corinthians seven seventeen. This is a word for someone here right now. It says, don't be wishing you were someplace else or with someone else. Where you are right now is God's place for you. Live, obey, and love right there. You know, again, there is nothing wrong with, you know, I have dreams in my heart, and I would encourage you as well that you couldn't, because the truth is um, Ephesians 3.20 talks about that, you know, um, God, what he has for your life is beyond anything you could think, dream, or imagine. And so we should be dreaming big dreams so Dream, dream so big that you'd almost be embarrassed to share them. I'm not talking about not wanting to, you know, go further in your life. But what I'm talking about is how you actually get there or how you manage the season that you're in. And you have to acknowledge the truth of God's word, that the place that you are right now is God's place for you. Where you're working doesn't mean that's where you want to be. But when you can acknowledge, you know, God's got you where you are for a reason, for this season. And the key, which we found in this scripture, in, in 1 Corinthians seven seventeen, is that we just need to, Live in that moment, which means actually acknowledging and embracing that God is with you for a reason, whether you know it or not. We need to love in that moment, which is love God, bring Him glory, and love anyone that's in your circle at that moment where you are. And thirdly, be obedient to God in that moment, to listen to His heart and trust God. And I promise you, I can testify, and I'm, I reckon so many other people can as well this morning with me, that if you be faithful on this journey and just walk it out every day, you know, I don't know how long your season's going to go for. It could be a day, could be an hour, it could be a year, it could be more or less. But if you just every day be faithful to a God who is so faithful to us, I promise you that there will come a time where you'll look back and you'll see the faithfulness of God in that season. You've just got to keep stepping out. You've got to keep walking. Concentrate. Understand that God is with you. We've got more access to Him than we could even handle. And that can give us the faith to keep praising God. Third thing, if I want to encourage us to do, how we're going to access and live these lives of being relentless in our praise and entering to all that God has for us, is we've got to understand that praise isn't a feeling. We don't praise God based on how we feel. Like, I'm just going to go out there on a huge limb here and go, at midnight, being having your feet and hands in chains, being beaten, being naked, being accused, at midnight, do you think you're going to feel like praising God? You guys are super spiritual here and awesome, so you guys probably with me, I don't know if I could, I don't know what I'd do. But the truth is, we don't praise God based on how we feel. 
I remember learning this lesson so clearly. I, you know, I'm a church kid. And I remember growing up in church and starting to really encounter the tangible presence of God, the presence of God that we access by praising Him that I've been talking about. You know, sometimes it's just amazing and we're blessed. Like you guys have an amazing worship team, amazing church, amazing atmosphere where it's so easy to feel God in, in an environment like this. And I remember coming to church one day, just going, all right, I'm ready to, I want to feel those goosebumps, you know, feel that nice, you know, presence of God. And so I'm waiting, the first song didn't feel it, and then kind of went, next song was a bit slower, and the chances of feeling God's presence in a slower tempo song, the percentage goes through the roof, it's awesome. Um, it was a joke, thank you for the few people that get my, uh, it's also very true. But, um, and I remember kind of the slow song started, and I still wasn't feeling it, I'm going, who's leading worship today? Maybe they're having a bad day, like I'm a worship leader, I feel for them, we're human, give us a break. Um, but we know that's not the case, and I thought, you know what, maybe... Maybe God's taking a break because do you understand he looks after every single one of us at the same time? I'm like, he can take a week off if he wants, you know, like he's, but we know that's not how God works either. And so all this is going through my head and I'm standing literally, I'm on the end of my aisle. This really happened. And there was a lady on the other end of the aisle. I looked over at her and she was, had her hands raised. She leant forward and tears were streaming down her face. And it was undeniable she was having an encounter with the living presence of God in that very moment and it clicked. That God was moving just in her aisle. So I jumped over and tried to, I didn't do that. But I did look over her and I realized in that very moment, just because I couldn't feel God moving, didn't, doesn't mean that he wasn't doing something in the atmosphere and with people. And, and we've got to be so careful, you know, we don't praise God for what we can get out of God. We don't come together. We don't even come to church. If I can challenge him, you know, us this morning, it's not about coming to church for what we can get. We, we praise God. We sing. We come to church and we live this life tomorrow and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday, not for what we can get out of it, but it's in a response to a God that we've encountered who created the heavens and the earth and loves us so much that he includes us in his plan and he is with us every step of the way. That's why we praise God. And yes, when we praise God, we enter into his presence and it often feels amazing. But just because it doesn't, shouldn't stop us from praising God. I want to read what I affectionately call one of the scariest verses in the Bible, just because I want you to be encouraged, you know. Um, Amos 5. This is a scripture, I, to be honest, I try and keep in plain sight as often as possible. Amos 5.21, it says, I can't stand your religious meetings. I'm fed up with your conferences and conventions. I want nothing to do with your religion projects, your pretentious slogans and goals. I'm sick of your fundraising schemes, your public relations and image making. I've had, oh, this one hurts me the most. I've had all I can take of your noisy ego music. When was the last time you sang to me? Yeah. If this was my mic, I'd drop it, but it's not. <laughs> and you know, to be honest, that's a list of what I do with my life. And I think in and of itself, all these things, having religious meetings, having conferences, even raising money so people can encounter the presence of God and His Word and be equipped to be out. There's nothing wrong with any of that as long as the heart is to please God and pure, to actually help people, not about trying to do any of this stuff for personal gain, not trying to, not trying to sing to get God's attention even. No, we're singing because God has got our attention. We are singing we are making music. We are putting together events. We are trying to do everything that we can because we've encountered a God who's completely transformed our lives. We were lost and because of Him, we are now found. That's why we sing. That's why we praise God. And again, the byproduct is amazing. God is so good. His mercy. 
The Bible teaches us, and it is true, it's new every morning. You need to claim it. You need to remind yourself. You need to remember. There's so much what we get to access for God. It's beyond anything we could ever think, dream, or imagine. But please, let's never be accused as the prophet Amos accuses these people of making it about themselves. We're not in this for what we can get. We're in this for what we can give to God and people. The greatest commandment is to love God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. That's what we've got to make our lives about. And that's what I love that this heart of this church is about. That's why we do everything that we do is so God may be glorified and people may see him just get a glimpse, get that one second and their life can be transformed just like mine has been my entire life. And I just want to make sure that we don't just praise God because what we can get out of it, get those good feelings, but we praise God because he is worthy and he'll always be worthy. And the truth of the matter is if God didn't do one more thing for any one of us, he's still worthy of praise. I'm going to get the team to come and join me. The final scripture I want to leave you guys with and something that I can say if I feel like if I only had one chance to ever say one thing, this is what I would share because the way that we are going to be able to keep praising God and be relentless in our praise is, yes, fix our eyes on the unseen. You know, stir up our faith, live by faith, not by sight. It's by concentrating on what we have, understanding we have more than we need and it's not being led by our feelings and emotions. And also I think the way that we're going to, the thing that's going to sustain us is to find that secret place. I'm talking about swapping the, you know, the noise for that still small voice. I'm talking about that, the, you know, the secret place is the thing that's going to sustain us. I want to read Matthew 6, verse 5 and 6. And this is Jesus teaching on prayer and actually having communion with, with Jesus through through prayer says here's what I want you to do find a quiet and secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage the focus it'll shift from you to God and you'll begin to sense his grace I love this scripture because it's just it's talking about spending time with Jesus it's talking about spending time in his word and you know, I don't think we're ever going to be able to accomplish everything that we need to do without spending time in God's presence and His Word. And it looks different for everyone, the way you do it and the frequency and how and when and all the rest of it. But it's more, I'm not talking about the practicalities. I'm just talking about the passion of spending time with Jesus. Because what I love about this scripture is kind of unpacking the thought of, here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet and secluded place. We need to sometimes quiet ourselves. Because we have so many things that are yelling messages and thoughts at us that sometimes we just, which are good. I'm all about technology and all about everything that, you know, can help us. But at the end of the day, the only thing that's going to keep us and sustain us is finding a quiet place. You know why? It says, so you won't be tempted to role play before God. We all role play in one way or another. Even when we come to church, there's an, a certain facade that we have up that everything's awesome. And, you know, the truth is what I love about when you come, when it's just you and God, when it's just you and God, it's the real you. It's the you with fears, doubts, insecurities, questions, triumphs, tragedies. It's the real you. And you know what? That real you that maybe you're hiding from everybody else, that you is the you that God loves. God doesn't love, well, He loves everything about you, but He actually loves you just the way that you are. And I love when it's just you and God, that's when you actually begin to sense His grace. And his presence and like the bible says the focus shifts from you and everything and us to him and i believe that's the thing that is going to sustain us 
to live the kind of life that God has called us to live because, you know, once you've taken a couple of breaths, you're qualified for some troubled times. The Bible says, you know, that life, get, life will get difficult, but take heart, God has overcome the world. And I really believe for each and every person that you are here for a reason and that God has your name and God has your number and God does have a plan. I'm not just trying to hype you up and say, hey, it's all going to be awesome. I'm saying it is going to be. And the way that we access that in, into more is just by kind of going, hey, I'm going to live the life of praise. I'm going to live a life of gratitude to who God is. Thanks for listening. Your generosity makes this broadcast possible. So if you'd like to be a part of what God is doing here, click give at www.col.tv or text a dollar amount to the number 855-997-6900. Join us again for more great teachings like this one.